Let's knock this mother out. Third Degree, the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. Shop Soccer90.com now, and as a listener of Third Degree, the podcast, you will get 20% off your order with code Third Degree. SC Dallas, national team gear, all the other teams around the league. I don't know why you'd want that stuff, but they have it. Clubs from Europe, other national teams. Use the code Third Degree, Soccer90.com. Get some stuff now. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to episode 197, 197 of Third Degree, the podcast. Holy cow, we are three episodes away from 200, believe it or not. We're going to have to do something special for that. Hint, hint, nudge, mm, nudge. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Mm, okay. Uh, well, let's start there. If you heard him, he spoke up already. So let's <laughs> introduce him first. You know him, you love him. Editor, founder, Third Degree. Uh, .net buzz carrot come in buzz. Hi, I know we had been talking about doing something special, but like my work uh, time frame around that just went crazy. So that's good. A good for me, but also bad for the idea of doing something special. So, uh, so we're not going to have a big get together party no, at some place. No, I don't think so. But mm. it, it would have been fun. But I, I, that kind of is out the window. Wah, wah. Are, are, are we going to save it for episode two fifty? <laughs> I don't know. We'll look into it as a concept. We'll All see. Right. Mm. Okay, uh, and then of course uh, our friend, our our friend all the way uh, from Richardson, Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. Born and raised. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you feel like a different human being if you were born and raised 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 in Richardson versus England? Yes. Yeah, I'd uh, probably just never leave uh, the Richardson Square Mall earlier and wonder what the fuck am I doing with my life. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm glad you've thought that out. Yeah. Uh, guys, it is uh, FC Dallas spring training. Uh, they've been over in Spain. We don't get a lot of information back from the club. Uh, spits and furts. And I think there have been three preseason games that have taken place since the last time we talked. And I'm fairly certain we get, we've gotten more information out of one spring training game and just pick any random previous preseason than all of the stuff that we've gotten out of this, these three games in the last week. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I mean, that's what Coach said, was that they were one reason why he wanted to go, one of the reasons, not all, but one of the reasons why he wanted to go over there was that he could work on things in private where people couldn't see stuff. You know, and there were so secret. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's streams of this game that could be bought today for twelve bucks, like the first one was, and I don't know anyone that bought it. Um, frankly, the way they've been mixing up lineups and even doing crazy things like subbing guys thirty minutes into the game uh, in order to make different combinations of potential starters and. Uh, it, it's really difficult to suss out very much from uh, any of these three games when all we know about is the scoreline and these formation. Well, not even formations, just a list of names. Uh, you know, on the on the upside, uh, you know, three relatively good defensive games. It appears you know only allowed one goal, mm -hmm. and I think that was against mostly reserves at that point in the game. And but then on the other side, only scored one goal. <laughs> oh, sorry, scored two goals, but only won one game. So you know, of the of the games so far this season, we're not seeing a lot of offense, but to be fair, that's usually how that works. Uh, individual offense is instinctive, but team offense is hard and takes a lot more work. Whereas team defense tends to flow 
relatively well, you know, because the other team's offense will be bad, you know, because they're in their spring mode also. So um, it, it hasn't been super telling. We try and draw what we can from it. Hopefully we'll get more uh, before we get into the season. But to be honest, there's not a lot. There's only a couple of question marks on this team, really. So it's not there's not a lot up for debate, to be fair. Yeah, preseason games aren't very interesting in general, even when you do have a whole bunch of access to them because there's so many different pieces of the puzzle that are being moved about. There's very little you can tell from them. And I'm not even sure you can tell much about the status of the team, even based on the teams we're playing. The picture, I saw one picture from the last game that took place, and I believe it took place, what, overnight or while we were all sleeping Thursday morning, right, against Hammerby? Yeah, that was this morning. Yeah, did they training? Did they play against Hammerby's U sixteen team? It was mostly kids in reserves. You know, young players. I mean, these, some of these other teams are not necessarily rolling out their first teams either. You know, yeah. So, you know, th- this is the first game Dallas has won. So hey, that's awesome. But then you find out that it was all a bunch of kids wearing thirty and forty jerseys from the bottom of their roster, and so then you're not so excited. So, but yeah. you know, without seeing it. This is always the case. You know, you don't know what you're getting. You know, it, it, it's bad enough when you're here and you're playing San Antonio's and Houston doses and things like that. These are at least better than that. But, you know, again, uh, it's so hard to know what we're without being able to see it. It's not hard to know what the value was. And the tapas. I'm sure the other reason why Nico yeah. went home is because he wanted to have some tapas. <laughs> and some uh, golf. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So in the course of all this time, the three games, the team went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. They lost. Uh, uh, they tied Malmo 0-0. Zero, zero. Oh, no, I take that back. Oh, yeah. They went 1-0-2. Uh, and two. Yep. They tied Malmo. They tied uh, Gian Buck Hyundai or Gian Buk Hyundai, and uh, beat Hammerby. So one win, no losses, two draws. Dan, uh, do you, did you pay attention at all to any of this and have any takeaways from those results? Nah. Um, going to be... Gonna, my, my feeling on preseason is always uh, this. So anecdotally, uh, the team I used to work for back home, we went undefeated in preseason one year. We got relegated. <laughs> uh, we got beaten every single preseason. Another year, got promoted. Really? Yeah. Which pre-season team is that? Means nothing. Um, I mean, it means plenty for fitness. Uh, I mean, that was Dunstable Town. It was you know semi-pro in England. But uh, yeah, uh, preseason's just fitness. It's not. You know, it's nothing that. Well, and combinations and all you know all the all, the, all the, the parts that you eventually put together in your first game it's not anything that's a reflection of of how your season's going to look buzz is anybody uh do you have any sense that anybody has stood out or there's a a, a previously unknown or rookie player new signee academy kid um showed up and you know wowed everyone well, the, the, the young player that has played the most is Nolan Norris. Um, but then he's a left center back, which is, you know, somewhat rare uh, and harder to find. So there isn't really depth at that position. All the other center backs on the team all play natively on the right. One thing I thought we might see would be a little more of Ibiaga or Tafara, either one at left center back. And that really hasn't very happened very much that I've been able to tell from the combinations, um, you know, it was. It's hard to say, even from the starting lineups, who has a nod. Technically, Farfan started all three games. Martinez started two of three with Norris in the middle. But then, as I mentioned, there's games where people have played 30 minutes and been lifted. So he's obviously working combinations of center backs still. You know, Tuomasi had a little bit of a, 
knock, I think. So maybe he was missing a game or two because Giovanni got two and two months. got one start, you know, but again, what are those starts worth it with when you have people flopping in and out all the time? Um, the only things really noteworthy were that legit hardly played at all that I can remember from any of the substitutions. Uh, he also has some kind of small little knock. He's still training because they show pictures of him training. They just haven't played him in games. Um, and then other than the injury Tariq Scott, Really, you know, when you, you the other only position we're really concerned about is Cerio and Fark fan, not Fark fan, excuse me, Facundo. Uh, and it's hard to tell which guy has got the leg up there based on the amount of times guys are getting subbed after 30 minutes and subbed back in and all kinds of weird stuff. So, to be honest, there's very little to draw from any of it. Hmm. Uh, not the maybe, answer you wanted, I know. Well, <laughs> it's, sometimes it's difficult. It's, you know, yeah. the other day you went you uh, you went on a rant about how uh, different this preseason was after last preseason sucking yes. so bad. Uh, but I'm I'm not sure I'm I'm even less contented with how this preseason's gone just based on the fact that you <laughs> we don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, At least last last season you got to watch the games. Informational drought for us stinks. I grant you, and the way this coach is altering all the combinations is kind of interesting, but it's impossible to draw information from it because he's doing that, you know, not being able to see them as a drought, but in terms of its pure value to the team, I still think it's a really, really good preseason because of these unknown nature of these teams, because of the fact that, excuse me, that he could, you know, go up against teams he's never seen and make the team try to do things that they've never done before against teams they've never seen before. That's phenomenal pressure on the soccer brain, making you learn and adapt. And that's how you get better. So in terms of the team, in terms of how it helps the season, I love it in terms of our ability to talk about it. It sucks. Hmm. Maybe there's a, a fantastic new attack minded formation that they're going to roll out like mm-hmm. a, a, a two, uh, a, a two, three, five or something like that. They're going to throw all their wingers and whatever one or two forwards they have and all their center midfielders on the field and just stick two of their center backs back there. Yeah. Based on the personnel that they are, have announced through Twitter or articles, it looks like it's straight four, three, three still. But one of the, one of the concepts that uh, Nico talked to me about for this season, they tried to implement it some last year, but they want to be able to on the fly switch in and out of shapes and formations and tactical blocks um, and that, of course, is impossible to know because they're not going to talk about that in any of the articles. You know, we're barely getting who scored and who played, let alone stuff like that. So um, hopefully they're doing some of that stuff because that that's a way that this team could be better is to be able to make those tactical adjustments on the fly. So hopefully mm-hmm. they're doing that. You know, again, can't see it. So we don't know. Um. Okay. Well, anybody else? Have you heard of anybody just uh, blowing it and surprisingly looking poor? Any? Well, the the one guy, I, I don't know that I want to say he's looking poor, but we've seen very, very little of Corsa, uh, who's the new center back from, is it Croatia, Dan? Is that where he was? Um, yeah. From Arlington originally, but he's been playing in Croatia. You know, he got in, you know, shortly before they left. And based on the sheets and stuff, he's hardly played. So th- that's not a real good sign necessarily when you're signing a guy who you would like to be in the rotation at some level. Um, and he's not in there. So that's a little concerning. Um, it's been interesting to watch them try and figure out what to do with uh, Emberlay, who's the number one draft pick, not number one overall, number first round draft pick. Um, you know, again, there's this log jam at right back because you have Smith there also, Colin Smith. So we haven't seen a whole lot of him either, uh, or Smith for that matter. <laughs> so, so it's it's going to be uh, uh, some questions have to be answered still, and and one of the big ones is if that kid's going to make it because uh, you know. 
I, it's weird that they picked Emberly potentially to convert him to right back. And, you know, and he's in the mix with Colin Smith as the third or fourth right back. You know, so that's, you'd have to think to yourself coming in, maybe that's more for North Texas. But then Sharik Scott got hurt, you know, and, and our guess looking at it is something pretty major. So he's basically done for the year, more than likely. Uh, well, does that open a door for Emberlay to be make this roster as a wing, which is where he played in college and not the right back conversion? So, um, if anything, these games made us ask more questions than we had before they even left, which is really weird, but that's the way it is when you can't see it. Yeah, uh, we probably should take a minute to at least uh, explain what happened with Tariq Scott. Uh, I saw the somebody posted the video clip of the incident, and it <laughs> yet yeah, your knee's not supposed to go in that direction. No, no. Uh, and Coach uh, uh, Nico Estevez gave us an update on one of the conference calls, and he said that they did an MRI uh, and they did some uh, you know diagnosis over there in Spain, but that the the doctors who would be doing the treatment back here in the States wanted to do more tests. So basically like, you know, they, they had a pretty good diagnosis, but they wanted to get more of an official diagnosis before they actually say what it is and, and decide what the treatment's going to be. I mean, our pure conjection is going to be some level of surgery based on the video we're watching. We're all having our fingers crossed that it's just some sort of strain rather than it's a complete tear you know, or that it's just meniscus and not ACL, you know, we'll find out when they announce it, but uh, you know, all those things are months, if not a year. So uh, obviously, you know, good vibes for the kid. I hope he hope it's the best news possible, but I'm not holding my breath that it's not pretty bad news for him, you know, in terms of this season at the very least. Yeah. It did not look good at no. all. No. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So just uh, on a, on a high level, look at this. They they scored two goals and they only gave up one goal and that's I you know it's great not to give up goals but it is yeah. a are you at all concerned that yep. uh, and one of those goals was a penalty kick yeah, by yeah. Obreon of all people yeah. um you know is that all, is that something to worry about at this point of the season uh, a little I, I'm not like I say you know team offense takes longer than uh, individual there's, there's not a lot of new parts in here yeah I know that's the concern is that you would have thought that with all the new pieces you know the, the one caveat to that is that you know well Jet's not there who's the sort of assist man in midfield these days um, you know probably when Pomacall's playing with Siki you know those guys are trying to fill that role but neither one of them are as good as that you know, it, it, yeah, no, I, I definitely have con concerns about the offense. Now, I'm not in panic mode. I'm not, you know, uh, tearing my hair out or anything, but I definitely, you know, have an eyebrow raised of, okay, you guys, we need to see a little a little uh, offensive movement here. You know, in the postgame sound that they posted from today, Coach mentioned, you know, factors of, uh, you know, not being quite good enough on the final shot. Maybe we're taking one touch too many. Maybe the keeper made a save. You know, we had opportunities to just didn't convert them. So it sounds like some of the things that have plagued this team on and off for years, which is getting in good position and not converting. Again, hopefully that gets better with time and confidence, you know, but uh, yeah, sure. Concerns. Uh, are they put? Are they posting any kind of stats or anything from the games? Do no. we have any? Okay, we don't even know. Yeah, all right. Nothing. Worthless. Yeah. yeah, I mean, today the original article they posted didn't even have like all the subs in it. Um, now, admittedly, they had to. They started their travel back, and so uh, Garrett said that he had to. Up, he was able to update it more later, and so they actually had all the subs by the time I saw it late this afternoon. So, um, you know, there's just not a lot. There's no video that it's I. It's hard know to of. get excited. It is hard to get excited. You know, the, the the results are not there enough to make us get excited. You know, but 
that's often the case of these foreign team games. Like most of the other trips I ever went on, it's not like the Burma winning games like crazy on those trips. They were almost always ties and losses because again, those teams are really good. They're playing, you know, I, I can't speak for these teams they play, but Malmo is a great club. Historically speaking, Henry played reserves today, but, um, you know, the, from the soundbite Nico posted, he actually said the Hyundai team was the team that got at them the best, you know, and gave them the most trouble. So yeah, decent games, it seems. We'll see. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Dan, uh, why don't you make everybody feel better? And uh, there's there's more games to come before the season starts, right? They're going to play somebody good before kickoff on the 25th, right? No, they're going to play Houston instead. Oh, mm. is that mm. is that literally the only thing left in terms of like a formal game? Yeah, or scrimmage left. And I mean, they did say TBA, but uh, they get back. What well, they get back on the eleventh? They've got two weeks to go. A game next Saturday. I mean, they may have something local against uh, you know a, a college or a small team, but there's nothing. There's no time for like a. Uh, a real stadium game or anything yeah. in that span. Well, Dynamo Dose, which is the the, the MLS Next Pro team, bizarrely, <laughs> they posted their training schedule, their, their their preseason schedule, and they actually listed a game against FC Dallas on the 16th. Now, you you might go, oh, that's North Texas. No, no, no. They specifically said Dallas, and then later on they specifically said North Texas. So clearly they think they're playing some team made up of FC Dallas personnel on the 16th. I would assume – that's mostly going to be reserves. You know, you're not going to run out your first team of million dollar players against Dynamo Dose. But I'm trying know, to figure out. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if uh, the Dynamo <laughs> doing that is a, is the is so very Dynamo, or the fact that they don't even know who they're playing is so very FC Dallas. Yeah, you no, know what I mean. I, I, like, yeah. like Dallas, like we'll send somebody. Don't worry. We'll, yeah. somebody will be there. I mean, it, it, it may be half. North Texas in, in the bottom of the FC Dallas roster, probably. But I yeah. mean, it's, it's some kind of game to try and get something going, you know. And then, the, and then, the, as Dan said, next on the 18th is the Houston Dynamo real scrimmage down there, closed door. I have, however, heard through the grapevine that there that um, Apple, the people that do the Apple TV games, are going to do that game. Now, that does not mean it's going to be on the stream available. Wait, do what game? The Dynamo game? The, the Houston the FC Dallas scrimmage at Dynamo. Oh, really? They're going to do a production. I think that means it's a test production. A test Because I just know people that are working it. That's how I know about it. So I'm assuming it's a test event and that it won't actually be on the stream because Dallas says it's a closed-door scrimmage. So it'll be interesting to see what actually happens there. You know, it may somebody be somebody will decide the last minute to put it up. I'm not going to hold my breath if that's the case, though. So it's just interesting test in terms of we talk a lot about TV and the Apple TV thing on here. So I thought you guys might find that interesting. No, I, if I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I th there's something else about that that I want to discuss. But it, you know, it's funny and just kind of watching other people's reaction on social media. My sense is is that uh, this kind of like behind closed doors uh, skunk works preseason thing that Nico has going on is not unique to Dallas. Like there are a lot oh, no. of people complaining about a lot of MLS clubs not streaming their preseason games, you know, not being open to the media, um, you know, and I'm also, I, I don't think I've yet seen, and not that I've been out looking for it, uh, but you guys probably have a better sense than I do. But my sense is, is I'm not sure any MLS club has had like a really impressive slate of preseason games to play i haven't seen any but you know i my big picture of thinking is always like look the nfl puts their preseason games on tv and they make a lot of money <laughs> so it's like I, if the nfl is willing to do it i don't know why mls teams aren't willing to do it 
I think it's crazy. But, yeah, I'm know. just talking about the quality of the of the training, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I maybe I just don't know what uh, I'd be interested to know that if you got Nico in a room with some tapas and wine, if he would honestly tell you they really got you know their money's worth out of a trip to Spain, other than uh, you know traveling and playing some teams they normally yeah. won't wouldn't play and and. Dynamo went to Mexico. I know that. Uh huh. So I don't know who all they played, but they 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 and other teams took advantage of that. I can't remember who else went to Mexico. Somebody did. You know, somebody always goes to Florida and Arizona. Um, I don't. I didn't pay that much of attention to where other teams went. You know. Mm. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm not going to back off on the idea that I think this this trip to Spain is fantastic. These kind of teams, you know, when. When I thought under Colin Clark, this team consistently improved season after season as he built the team up to where the year that he got fired, he actually was wire to wire first place in the West. You know, those trips were always over to Europe and they always played these teams that are off, like at the same time, the Norways, the Swedens, the 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 Russian, you know, whatever they were that were like with DMO Kiev, you know, Ukraine. So um, those things always, I thought, were so much better than the times I've gone to you know, Arizona and watch them roll over some MLS teams or roll over USL teams. And then the season starts with a dumpster fire. So I, I'm a hundred percent that this is great. I love okay. it. Uh, very good. I was going to mention, uh, because the big talking point this week is the athletic article, uh, suggesting that <laughs> the playoff structure is just going to be completely total clown show circus stuff. And clearly it's just MLS trying to accommodate Apple's need for more games uh, to put on the system uh, of, uh, of value. But it also plays into the fact that maybe preseason, you know, and having valuable games isn't all that important because clearly now the league is even putting, you know, is really just kind of, all right, yeah, we're going to play a regular season, but most of the teams are going to make the playoffs. And so the value of the regular season, especially at the early part of it, isn't all that, uh, you know, of consequence anyway. So why not just uh, take it easy during preseason? Yeah, I, I feel like there must be some big pressure from Apple to have oh, more games. Oh, yeah, there games. has to be. Because I don't know, this is like the third or fourth different playoff model we've had floated. Now, listen, don't think for a second that they don't leak some of this stuff just to see how people react. They 100% do that. So it's no, there's no guarantees that this is actually happening. Uh, I think it's weird that we're like two from the season and we don't know what the playoff structure is. That's kind of weird, but but um, nine teams a conference. That's the that's just so ridiculous. Yeah, well, you I play mean, a thirty-eight game or thirty-nine, whatever, however many games in a season, and over half your teams make the playoffs. Sixty something percent of your teams make the playoffs. Well, in the first decade, it was all but two teams made the playoffs. You know, what I mean, yeah, we're in a little well, I mean, uh, more. That was a much smaller league. Though, yeah, right? I, I get it. I, you know, it's I, I can understand the pressure from Apple TV that wants more games, and so the league is floating ideas, trying to figure out how the hell they get more games without. Going, you know, with with the structure they have now, you know, they floated that World Cup idea. They floated um, adding one team. Now they're adding a couple of teams with a, like basically they're adding a knockout round. Basically, is how they're doing it. You know, of like almost like a wild card scenario with like one or two, like the last round teams are going to go into single elimination, and then then it'll be two legs or whatever after that. I mean, 
we've heard eight different ideas now. So yeah. Well, I, okay. So I guess maybe my thinking is I've I've said before I just have a feeling this is going to be the weirdest Major League Soccer season ever, um, and and a lot of that is because of the fact that they've built in this like stop down in the middle of the season to play this League's Cup tournament against Liga MX, and which kind of makes it wheels off to begin with and which is kind of like what just happened all the european leagues with the world cup and dead center in the middle of their you know league season mm. and and between that and the start stop of the regular season and now this playoff you know hoopla that they're trying to screw together are, are you I, I, well i guess my question is i'll ask dan this question dan does that in any way make you more excited about this season no nah. Um, it, it, the ever-changing landscape's almost kind of off-putting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you remember the uh, the 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 COVID season when they didn't confirm even how many uh, teams were going to make the playoffs until like halfway through, and it just it just added to you know as well as you know no fans and everything. It just kind of added to the if we don't know the the feeling of if we don't know what the you know what the aim is then kind of what's the point yeah you know if they're if they're dying for games maybe the best way to do it is play your regular season and end up with a east and west champion and then throw together all the teams in a march madness style single game elimination knockout tournament and the higher and the higher seeded team hosts I appreciate appreciate Peter that you just came up with plan number ten <laughs> for a playoff. Model. Well, I'm trying to think of something that actually would excite me, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. nine teams each playing a three game series just sounds like a total ass whip. Because you know the next thing that we get, we're going to get Buzz that is going to be complicated yeah. is how are they going to handle this? Is it going to be aggregate? Is it going to be uh, away goals again? Or, you know how are they going to handle this this time? Well, I think it's nine teams on each side not to play three game series it's like the eight and nine are going to play a knockout game and then you right. get eight it, in for double you know for three game eliminations right is it I, three i thought it was two. Oh, i thought the last thing i saw this week was is there best in the three, athletic yeah. art is oh, best yeah. of three yeah okay yeah i mean see they're trying new things all the time i don't like best of three that's too much for me i, I would have you know nine teams in with a single knockout and then you do best of twos after that i'm fine with that um, I, I don't love the best of three concept. Because I'm trying to think of that. How many rounds would that be? Because theoretically now, a team would play, is it 38 or 39 regular season games? 34. 34. Oh, 34. Okay, I'm totally off. So 34 regular season games. How many Leagues Cup games are they going to play at a minimum? Well, let's two, say let's say maximum. Two, yeah. Okay, so two uh, round games. And then if you win it, how many more games will you have played? Uh, four more. Okay, so that's six. So now we're up to th yeah. to forty games. All right. So let's say you go in as the number nine seed. You play one game there, and now you're going to play how many rounds of best of three before the final? Uh, it could be four total, right? Because you'd go from eight to four to two, and then a championship. Okay, so three. Okay, so so in theory, you could play one. You could play 10 more, 11 more games. So you may end up playing a 51-game season at a maximum Plus amount. Open Cup. Plus Open Cup. Or if you're LAFC, you're in the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it's complicated. 
Yeah. It just like I said, that, that's why I'm saying if 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 what if MLS needs to do something, they should just structure it so everybody gets to participate in some sort of madcap winner yeah. take all kind of thing after the regular season. Give some sort of value to the regular season, which is you hire the seed, you get to host a game, right? You get you know, yeah. and, and the higher seed you are, the more games you get to host as long as you continue to win. Well, there's some, there's some battle happening between different pressures. Um, one of the pressures is Apple TV wants more games in the pl- that are quote playoffs. One of the pressures is, you know, owners want more teams in because they want to be able to say their team made the playoffs. And then the other, the last pressure is that the better teams don't want to have as much randomness. They want the better teams to win. So and the league probably does too. So you get the best final that you can get um, and make your league look good with quality games at the end. So it's a complicated problem. Uh, you know, from a sport that usually doesn't even have playoffs other than, uh, you know, a promotion playoffs, but they don't have playoffs for championships in most places. So um, it's a, it's weird across the board. I think there's one untold factor in the league's cup idea is that uh, it actually, it actually splits the season into two, into an open and a close. And it makes the season more closely aligned with the European calendar. Um, it pushes the well, more towards a winning league by moving the league forward in the front and back in the back and putting a gap in the summer so that you have a gap in the summer when the European leagues have their gap um, in terms of transfers and that kind of thing. So, you know, there's all these pressures on the schedule, all these pressures come from different places and you end up with the league still trying to figure out who it is and how to run to its best you know, yeah. attribution. I don't know. I just, with that change, the Apple TV change and everything else, uh, it, it, how this season yeah. plays out and the level of real interest outside of the core audience, I, I think is really something to keep an eye on for this season. Dan, as a, as a, as a traditionalist of not, I'm not, you're not just as per se, but as a person who's from a place where the leagues are much more traditional in structure, does this kind of thing make it feel weird to you or make it feel less legitimate somehow? Um, so dicking around with the playoffs every year without foul, absolutely. Um, the thing that kind of blows my mind is, I, you know, we know they're never going to have a balanced schedule because they don't own the trophy that you get for winning the balanced schedule. Um, right, look at the Football League, right? 24 teams, that's 46 games each. And you've got MLS where it's 29 teams, 30, uh, 34 games. So I did a bit of quick math while while you were talking. Messing around with the playoffs, okay, great. You get an extra maybe eight games. If they just if they upped the the regular season, you up it to uh, 46 games in line with the, with what the football league does. That's 348 extra games. That's your TV that you can guarantee uh, Seattle and Portland play three times. You can guarantee Atlanta and LAFC or, or whatever else you kind of want to do. Instead, you may end up with a conference championship that's Dallas versus Colorado that no one's going to watch. Yeah. True. It's pretty simple, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I it's a, I, I just, you know, I, but I don't feel like they're helping themselves in any way. No. They're just making it worse, and I and again yeah. they're making it worse because they've uh, committed to a partner, a broadcast partner that had you know paid a ton of money for this thing and probably has very high expectations, which differ from what the fan base probably really would like to see as a product. Yeah, I, I would I would hope, fingers crossed here, that because the new deal is a long running one, 
that once they get this idea firmed up here, you know, for this season and try this structure out for this season, that they feel comfortable with it and we get it for 10 years, you know, as long as the Apple deal lasts. I'm not optimistic of that because after season one, Apple will be like, hey, we like this, we didn't like that. Let's change this, let's change that. But in the meantime, you know, I, I, I'm actually expecting them to come out in the end and not change the playoffs. Um, I think all these ideas are being floated mm. as long-term discussion points to see how people react to them conceptually. And I don't mean just fans. I mean clubs and players. You know, this is how you get it out to see how people how the, the, the vibe comes back. You know, you lay some groundwork for maybe you're going to do something different here and there. This short of notice, I'd be shocked, actually, if they change it for this year because the season's, again, two weeks away. This ain't COVID anymore. You know, in the COVID time, you can, everybody, understood, everybody understood you were changing it on the fly. Now you can't do that. You can't change it on the fly. I just really hope that they learn from basketball and hockey and baseball that making the regular season pointless doesn't work. Yeah. That extending the playoffs so it's just more games for the sake of it doesn't really do anything for you. People are only going to go, okay, well, great. I'll just pay attention to the conference championship, the championship, and absolutely nothing else. It just, you know, I, the problem is, is we're what, 20, you're 27 into this, and it's frustrating that the people that run the league continue to do these types of things that make it still feel like very much a work in progress. Like, I, like this is all the kind of, yeah, yeah, well, it just, it reminds me of MLS version 1.0, where they were just constantly, you know, reconfiguring how the thing was going to work, uh, and, and, and now here we are all these years, we're literally a generation into this thing plus, and we still on a year to year basis go into the season, not even knowing how the playoffs are structured. I mean, here we're, we're a few weeks away from the start of the season. Is there any doubt that the odds are that we will not know definitively the structure of the playoffs and how it will be run and the rules behind it by the time the first game starts on the 25th? Oh yeah, there's no way. I don't think we will. Yeah, and I yeah. just find that ridiculous. Because even once they sort of iron out a format, they would then would have to go back to the competition committee and say and get their approval, and that's not easy to do. Those guys don't get together very often. I mean, that's owners getting together. Yeah, and then, then debating it. Take presentation from the league. Here's what we want to do. Competition committee, you know, approval of that. Then we go to the owners for a vote. I mean, this is not something that happens easily changing the structure of your league it's, that's why i think it's not going to happen yeah well it's frustrating because for a league that's constantly trying to you know like uh, sitting around <laughs> with sad eye wishing people respected it more and mm. gave it more respect it, it it's it's all this kind of like uh, damage they do to themselves with these just ridiculous i don't man it's frustrating it really is i mean i like the idea they're going to go into a playoff structure with best of three that bum that makes me less enthusiastic about the season because I remember how awful best of three was the last time they did. Yeah, it's bad. I don't like it at all. It's no good. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very strange. It's Peter. It's something we found for a long time now. You and I, and I'm pretty sure we've discussed this before. It's that every five or six years, enough people leave MLS 
that you get this new group of people that are like, oh, I've got the fix. And you're like, dude, we did that already. Yes. You know, or they're like, hey, this is the first time this is ever happening. No, it's not. It's happened a bunch. It just hasn't happened while you've been here. You know. You could say about Dallas too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. sure. Absolutely. Yes. And and the the oddity of all of it is, is I can't find that group of people that come to me and say, hey, have you guys ever considered a 35-yard shootout? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I'm a big fan of that. Can we please? Where are those people? Those are the people I want to talk to, or the people that want to bring back the shootout. Uh, I mean, yeah. you remember, people, you remember in 95, they were like, oh. they were talking about kick-ins instead of throw-ins. They talked about making yes. the goal one foot bigger all the way around. They floated a whole bunch of ideas. Oh, uh, before the start of this, the, the initial season. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. yes, if you thought of it like, oh, I've got a way to fix soccer. I've always yelled at people, stop trying to fix soccer. It's a worldwide game. It's fine. It doesn't need fixing. Funny you know, enough, like, the uh, the one foot bigger goal proposal, uh, the the anniversary of that was yesterday or the day before. Oh, perfect timing! Yeah, what, of it. The what do you mean the anniversary of it? Like when it was when it was an, uh, officially proposed. Was it officially pro- for MLS or just somewhere in, MLS around the world? Asked FIFA. Uh, let me give me two secs. I've I mean, I remember it being calendar. part of the F- uh, MLS talk. I th- I didn't know if maybe it had been discussed somewhere in the world long before that, and that's where it came from. No, no, uh, MLS proposed it. it was, uh, I found a I can't remember if it was Steve or or Tilo did a, an article on it. I was kind of looking for a new, newspaper archives one day, and uh, happened to stumble across it. Yeah. That was probably a Doug Logan special. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Logan's the first commissioner of MLS, if anyone doesn't know that. And yes. He, had, he was not a soccer guy, so he had all kinds of crazy ideas to try and fix soccer and make it work, and I wanted to punch him in the face because it's like you don't need to fix the game. The game's the number one game in the world. It doesn't need fixing. It's like just play it, you know? Uh, do you, uh, Buzz, do you remember the fantastic original MLS rumor uh, fake uh, made up identity, not Doug Logan. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so good. <laughs> uh, Where did not be. Doug Logan appear? Was it just like in the big soccer boards? Uh, I don't remember. God, that's a long time ago. Was it a blog? I can't remember. I don't remember. Well, there was it, there was also there was also the um, an MLS uh, anonymous guy that worked for the league office that did stuff for a bit. There were a couple of those. But things. where did those get posted? On a blog, I think. Uh, just on an uh, yeah, okay. yeah back when people did blogs you know it was like yeah. thing you know, <laughs> hell it's probably still out there somewhere back in my day we did something called a blog yeah no there was a, there, there was a dude uh, other than the logan guy there was a dude that worked in the league office that would do that anonymously until he got caught finally yeah i remember play. that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. For the it first was couple of years. It, it was so great dan back in the day like the rumor mongering and all of that stuff was just so awesome. Uh, just spilling the spilling the dirt would come out. Nobody would know who it was, and it was such a small community. Most of the time, whatever got turned out was actually true. And yeah. the and the more wild the rumor was, the odds were is the more true it probably was. My favorite early so, blog, Peter, if you remember, was Paul Gaffer's pants with the guy that had gotten a hold of Paul Gaffer's keeper pants and like carried them around from venue <laughs> to venue and took pictures of them like in the stands at games. Right. I forgot yeah. about that. It's yeah. one of my favorites early ones. Yeah, that was pretty great. Uh, very, very funny. Yeah. Um, hmm. All right. Well, uh, this is pretty slow episode that this one nine set. We're saving it all up for episode yeah. 200. That's well, what I actually I have, I want to play a game called fun with salaries. Oh, hold on everybody. It's time yeah. now. <laughs> Brought to you by Soccer90.com. 
worldwide sensational, fun-filled <laughs> podcast game. Fun with salaries. Fun with, with salaries. Yeah, yeah, I was really struck with um, when I was looking at salaries by position recently for FC Dallas. And I was really struck by the fact that the front line now for FC Dallas all get paid a million bucks. Velasco, Ferrer, and Ariola all make over a million dollars. And that was true last year. So these are all last year's numbers because we don't have the New Year numbers this year. And we have come so low, yeah. so far. Yeah. And Legette's on was on 900K. Now, we know he got a new deal. And my assumption is that that probably lowered that number a little bit to get extra years. That's my guess because he's coming into his 30s. But he was on 900. Pomichol was on 770. But he just got a new deal too. And it, that deal takes him to his 26. So it probably went up. So it's entirely possible that you're looking at a front five that all make give or take a million dollars a year. That blows my mind. All right. So let's just put this into perspective for people that are relatively new to the team. Who was the first player that we think we know who was getting a million dollar salary? I believe it was Mara Diaz. For Dallas. Mara Diaz, I think. Wasn't it? See, I don't even think it was Diaz. I thought it was somebody else. Well, he was at almost there. He was like a 900K. But Diaz like, was about to hit it on the season he was traded. Was it um, Blas? Grace, I was too. I don't think Blas ever got that. Who? There was some player. Yeah, maybe it was Grace. Somebody was the first player. My point being is yeah. the first player to make a million dollar in salary for FC Dallas is a lot more recently than you probably realize oh, it is. Yeah. And and that was not just the first one. That was the only one for a period of time. I mean, only, not until the last, what, season or two has there been multiple million-dollar yeah. salary players on the team. If I remember correctly, Diaz was just under a million, and when he got that offer to go to Abu Dhabi or whatever it was, it was going to be $3 million. So he basically was yeah. tripling his salary. That's right, yeah. And so yeah. we were like, you know, I mean, it was like with bonuses, he probably was over a million. But but to put that in perspective, the other day I was looking up sort of old, old salaries, and I think when Ronnie O'Brien first came here, he made 60 Okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, it's you would not believe the differences in money. But just to continue this game, the uh, holding mid, Faco's on – Seven, was on 786. That'll be 800 this season. And so Edwin's on 130. So that's fun, that spot. Uh, and then outside back, as we always talk about, not a big-time money position. Farfan was on, uh, I think he was on 235. Um, and he's, you know, he has a new deal, though. So that might be, yeah, 225. So he has a new deal now. So that probably went up. But it's not going to have gone up to like 500, I don't, I don't think. We'll see when it comes out. Tuomasi was on 290, for example. I think Hollingshead was like on 275 or three when he got traded. You know, we don't know what Giovanni's on because he just got here. So outside back, not nearly the same money. Martinez was on 650, but that'll be going up to uh, considerably more than that, I imagine. Yeah, it'll probably be up around 750, maybe. These things all go up a little bit. But Tafari and Ibiaga were, Tafari was on 197 and Ibiaga was on 225. Now, Ibiaga has a new deal. To, and I think Tafari just signed a new deal too. So those guys both could be up some. Pause on 150K, Maurer on 275K. So it's funny, the front five guys are all on a million. And the bottom six guys, other than Martinez and Hedges before he left, were all on, you know, 300 and down. You know, some of them as low as like 150 or 175. You know, Martinez is the outlier at center back, which is why we talk about this general concept of Ibiaga and Tafari are not paid by the club like their frontline guys like martinez is so yeah uh it's a new era and i just it just blew me away that that front five are all probably we don't know for sure on legit and pomacall 
but presumably since Leggett was on nine, it's going to be close. And Pomico was on seven, and his probably went up, so it's close. So that it's amazing. It is something to think about that they dumped Franco Harris three million dollars. Yep. And they arguably are almost certainly going to and have not added a significant name to the roster and are likely now going to have a taller salary wage bill this season than last. Well, I did it. I did a burn on this the other day, and they've actually set themselves up for, you know, we talk about coach cycles, right? Nico Estevez, this is year two of the cycle. So you build towards three and four. That's when you make your real run. At the end of this season, Martinez, Obreon, Maurer, Cerillo, and Falco all have their deals run out, right? So you can clear, Cerio makes hardly anything, but they probably won't extend him anyway. And Mauer is relatively cheap too. But they have bigger contracts in Martinez, Obreon, and Facundo, who may or may not, depending on how you feel about those players, be in your long-term plans. So you're looking at roughly like $1.9 million that'll come off of, well, I won't say the cap because nobody gets paid full amount. That's all gets tamed down. But it comes off the Hunt's internal budget. So you may, between dumping Faco this year, goodness, i got to get my brain straight, uh, dumping Hara this year at $3 million, and those other two guys are another $1.9, you might have close to 4 or $5 million available to yourself over the back end of this season going into next year. All right, uh, Dan, I don't know if you, are, if you picked up on what I picked up on right there, but I, what I just heard Buzz Carrick report is is that the 2023 FC Dallas season is going to be pretty mediocre to shit because it's not part of the not far enough into the coaching cycle. It's very possible. So uh, just keep the hope, right? Just keep the hope. Let's well, not be a buzzkill. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty clear this is a step forward by progression year. You know, you, you hope your young core gets better, and you is hope a, you can. Is that a preview contracts. of your prediction? Whenever we get to predictions in the f- next few weeks, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Am I going to have to be the hopeful one again yeah, this season? You, you really are. All right. On top scorer. Yeah, I'm a pessimist by nature, Peter. I can't help it. Uh, me too. Uh, as you, as everybody in the world absolutely <laughs> yeah. is aware of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I was right on the Oberon prediction for at least one game week at the beginning of the season, Dan, I'll have, you know, sir, at least I said, Hey, Seuss, I just was way off. He doubled the number I had. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, it's funny when I saw that Obreon had scored that penalty kick in the game the other day. It dawned on me that I had totally forgotten that Oberon was still on this roster. Like, for some reason in my head, I thought they had finally sold him and gotten rid of him. And I will say, as a as a sneak preview of the prediction uh, episode that we do, I will say the fact that they did not get rid of him and improve that particular roster slot is a little bit concerning to me. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, what's his salary on? You know, 400K? That's not horrible for a backup. I mean, that's the same number Brandon's on. These days, that's a backup money. So, you know, I, he can give you a little punch off the bench. I, I agree with you that the the, the the upgrade they looked to made there was um, Camungo, <laughs> essentially. You know, I, I do think that Wing as a position, particularly now that Tariq Scott got hurt, although he wouldn't have contributed a lot this year. I, was like, I don't think it's out of this world that they would look for um, the opportunity to improve that position. You remember I predicted a couple of weeks ago that O'Brien would be at sold this year. Yeah. You know, before they let him walk away for free, you know, if you can find somebody in South America that'll take him back for us for a, even if it's a, you know, like not, not a buyout, but just like the equivalent money of the rest of his salary, you go ahead and do it. And then you can make a move in the summer with some of the extra money you have at that position, perhaps. But um, it's also a depth though. You don't want to spend big at depth. So we'll see. 
Okay. All right. Well, anything else we'd like to chit chat about? Uh, any kit talk? No kit talk. No kit talk. Uh, just some more U seventeen Concacaf Championship call ups for FC Dallas. I, I mentioned Malachi Molina got called by Jamaica last week. Julian Eystone got called in as an alternate for the for the U.S. team, so he's now third basically. the 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 championships only run twenty man rosters. That's why there's no third keeper on the roster, or he would be. Um, now Ruby Vargas got has made the Honduras roster. And then Ian Charles, who's a 2007, which is actually quite young, made the Puerto Rico roster. They, they don't go down until the, the knockout phase. Puerto Rico doesn't. And then mm. just for other local kids, a, a kid named Sean Albertron made the, from the Dallas Texans made the Costa Rica's team. And a kid from Silver named Juan Torres also made Puerto Rico. And on the ladies' side, the FC Dallas forward Jaden Thomas, solar forward Emery Adams, and Dallas Texans defender Tabitha Sign, S-I-N-E, Sign, have been called into the U-17s for a trip to go to England and play a couple games. So oh, wow. credit and shout out to all those young uh, local Dallas kids that are playing in the CONCACAF and uh, and going to England with the ladies. D- Dallas ballers, for yeah. sure. Right. Congrats to them. A couple more. Oh, is there more, more today? Uh, yeah, under 23 women's uh, Lexi Massimo and Trinity Byers from uh, Sola and uh, UT. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, you know, you think about all of that, and in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten to see Chris Richards and Weston McKinney playing in the Premier League, uh, uh, against uh, both of the, which got to play against my team recently. Uh, and I just, to, to see those guys, now more so Weston than Chris, be DFW kids uh, playing at that level these yeah. days, I just don't get, I can't get enough of that. I just think it's fantastic. And yes, Dan, I just want to make sure everybody, I want to make sure everybody heard this, uh, uh, Weston McKinney. Fat. I'm sorry, what, Buzz? Fat. (laughs) (laughs) He does. saw the pictures, dude. He's fat. Well, did you see the picture where they were uh, from his physical with his shirt off? Uh, Yeah, he looked a little chunky to me there, too, I thought. Mm, Yeah, okay. All right. He looked like post-World Cup. He had a couple of beers. Well, I haven't finished. I haven't watched the Leeds United game. I know the result, but I heard reports that Weston played really well in that game. So yeah, that's entirely possible. You know, look, he he's been playing for clubs like Juventus, and now he's at Leeds. I'm not saying the kids. I'm just saying that post World Cup, he might have had a couple of beers. Everything is relative. (laughs) (laughs) He's still a world class athlete. I'm just saying. You saw the pics. He looks pretty fat to me for a player. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, a world class soccer player. Fat. Yeah, you guys make fun of me, but when I that time I said Paxton was fat. He was. He came into camp overweight. He hadn't played in a year and a half. <laughs> it just seems so harsh. <laughs> well, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like, you know. Uh, Not fit, maybe? Yeah, sure, Out of shape? Fat's funnier. It's like the, the kid, the keeper Philippe, that came into camp fat, and by which I mean like 30 pounds overweight. And then but that's his, fat. You know, yeah. And Bernie Camigo by, you know, word around the grapevine, came in a little heavy this spring. Didn't quite do the fitness he was supposed to do over the winter. Look, it, it matters, you know. Like here's for example Are you me and Dan fat? No, we're not I mean, even I am. In, yeah, come on. We're not even in the conversation. Okay. Well, you're at I least just... skinny compared to Dan and I, but compared to like an <laughs> athlete, you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> I think my giant melon sized head is what is really deceiving. is deceiving. It, it yeah, was, really. 
it was the podcast when you described Paxton as morbidly obese. That was probably oh, the, the yeah, line. Right. I mean, I'm talking about the difference between like 10% body fat and like 15% body fat or, or 12%. It's like that matters when you're a professional athlete. Yeah. God, could you imagine being Buzz's wife? He must be so hardcore on her fitness. and Come on. And she's makes- not a professional athlete. <laughs> but she's your wife. You're demanding, Buzz. I'm sure you have a very high quality standard. Well, she's uh, way uh, higher than my standards, so that's you know she's uh, awesome. Um, I do want to point out one more thing that I have noticed, and I don't know what it means, but Imato Masi was sick uh, when camp started, and so he goes a week late for getting into fitness. And uh, I've been told he had COVID, and you know how COVID can affect you, yeah. even when you get over it. And then when he was over in Spain, he had some sort of knock, I believe. So if you're in a battle and for at a spot where the organization currently has five right backs, that maybe wasn't a good combination of events to have mm-hmm. happen when there's a million dollar player, million five, excuse me, that they just signed. So I'm not saying anything's happening. I just am going to keep my eyes on Imatu Amasi in that position you know, and right. they've got a, a draft pick they drafted in that spot. They've got a kid, a homegrown they got in that spot. They got a guy you know going to North Texas I in know. that spot. Right, hold on, hold on a second. Like, you know what's working in their favor though? What's that? Uh, track record. Yeah. Uh, and how many different pl- people has FC Dallas bought and sold or brought in to play that position that have absolutely sucked when they showed up? Yeah. I mean, even Nanu being the last one. Yeah. I mean, my opinion, Tuomasi has turned himself into a solid contributing MLS level right side, right up, right back. Um, he's not a world breaker. He's not an all-star. Sometimes you just need a guy. He's a guy. He does a good job. I'm just saying that like those combinations in a preseason, it's not good when their team's buying guys to try on that spot. That's what I'm saying. Here's how forgettable it's been. Who is the player that was the, 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 uh, the, the bring in prior to Nanu? You mean other than Brian Reynolds and Reggie Cannon? Right. Uh, Grana. Oh, yeah, Grana. That's what I was going to say. Right. And I don't remember if Grana was any good. He was good was for decent. a season. Okay. All right. He was an MLS All-Star. Was a he really? One, but... Well, then shut my mouth. The season they went for it in the Champions League and signed all those veterans in 2017. Yeah. And then when they got eliminated, the team created over the back half of the season, he turned to crap over the that season. Oh, that's Season right. before okay. and maybe the first half of that season, he was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, very good. All right. Now I'm going to ask you anything else you want to discuss. Uh, I can't think of anything. And the fact that we actually got close to an hour without really having any games to talk about is uh, pretty good, actually. Uh, I will I will throw in Kit Talk. I saw the mock-up of the uh, Seattle Bruce Lee themed jersey, mm, and yeah. I do think that looks kind of cool. does look good. It's not going to look like that. Dan, stop ruining What do you mean, not going to look like that? Dan, look like that? There's a promotional image, like a really blurry promotional photo that shows it. And what 30 headlines did was, it was cool, but the the real one's going to be better. It's like oh. uh, the the dragon's way darker. Than, okay. Uh, do you, uh, wait, wait, are we, uh, while we're doing this, since I uh, instigated uh, Kit Talk, what is everybody's reaction to the mock-up that we've seen now of the DC United Cherry Blossom jersey? I mean, that wasn't a mock-up. That was a big photo of it. Okay, fair enough. I really like it, actually. I mean, listen, I'm not a white jersey guy, but that's how you do it. You mix in a little thing like that. I think the my one complaint was that the cuffs and the collar should have stayed red so that the kit would have still been a DC kit and just had the pink flowers on it rather than making the whole thing a Miami kit where it's white, black, and pink. Make sense? 
I mean, it's cherry blossoms. This is DC as DC gets. I know, but the color of the team is black and red. So, like, you keep it a black and a white with red and black trim and then have pink flowers rather than, like, because by putting pink trim on it, when you see it without a logo, to me, it screams Miami color scheme. I'm always about the color schemes, Dan. You know that. I'm wor- I want to see the shirt because I'm not convinced the design pops out well enough to really identify it as cherry blossoms. I'd hope it does more so. Um, and, and for whatever reason, uh, whether it's Adidas or it's a FIFA thing, getting four colors on a football shirt is like people just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. Have uh, you guys have you guys all seen the the uh the early release of the Austin UPC barcode jersey they're getting this year? <laughs> yeah. It's whatever. It's Korean black stripes, that's fine. Okay. I didn't but know it's I, like but it's like UPC barcode like different sizes it, and everything it'll be and interesting to see the finished one. Right. The Scotland yeah, jersey is amazing. Yes, I've seen you throw it here in the uh, group chat. It is—is is this an actual official new thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, boy, that is nice. Fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, that's classic. That's a gorgeous jersey. That is a beautiful jersey. Leverly. Okay. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, anything else? No. Okay. Very good. You don't want to talk about Chinese spy balloons or anything like that? No. No one cares about that from us. Only okay. if they're over practicing the yes. Costa del Sol watching <laughs> soccer. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask. This came up the other... I saw this on Twitter that um, um, uh, Jeff Kassar is technical director of Dallas Roma. Dallas Dal- Roma, yeah. Wait, hold on a second. When did Dallas Roma become... An, is, I'm assuming this is like a youth academy setup. Well, they've always had a youth club. Uh, the Dallas Roma adult team was like an extension of the youth club, the one that made the great Open Cup run. It was? Like 20 years ago, yeah. Dallas Roma has always been a youth club. Oh, I thought Dallas Roma was just a, a, a local NTPSA and women's league adult mm-hmm. Sunday league team. I didn't, that, know, I didn't know they had a youth. A, a youth yeah. uh, really? Yeah. How long has that been around? Uh, I mean, they was around back then. I mean, they've always had a thing. Oh, I had you no know. idea. All yeah, right. yeah. So the, the adult extensions of it on the men's side are gone as far as I know. Um, no, there's still a women's Roma there? team, and I think there's even a co-ed Roma team still. Yeah, a lot I mean, of those same players, actually. Yeah. yeah. But... You know, the youth club is still there. Yeah, and Kassar is going to be their technical director. So good for him. And he's moving back to Dallas. Does that mean he's going to hitch he's up and here. steal another one of our hots? He's like he here. did the first time he... Oh, he has? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was still... I didn't know he lived back in Dallas again. No, he has a restaurant over uh, called Sideways over in um, by the lake on East House. Um, and then he would occasionally get called in for goalkeeper camps. Like when Jason runs youth national teams, he would hire Jeff as his goalkeeper coach. Really, so he would go and do that, um, but he's lived here for a while. So, yeah. Now I got to find out more about this restaurant. I had no idea he Sideways, had a restaurant. It's a barbecue place slash venue, like a, on the right on the edge of the water. I think at, it's over at White Rock Lake. Yeah, on the east side of it. Huh. All right, yeah. I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. Third Degree, the podcast has been brought to you by Soccer90.com. Shop Soccer90.com. Use code Third Degree. Get 20% off all your FC Dallas, U.S. Men's National Team, international gear. They've got everything. All the stuff from around the world, around the league, even North Texas Soccer Club. Get your stuff. Soccer90.com. Use code Third Degree, 20% off. Very good. Okay. Thank you, Dan. It's good speaking with you, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Hey, when's our uh, when's the Dallas kit mock-up coming? Uh, next few days. Okay. 
All right. Everybody's waiting with bated breath, sir. Hop to it. Yeah, I'll think about it. Okay. Buzz, thank you very much, sir. Oh, thanks. Thanks, you. And a quick shout out. If you're into Academy stuff, I did a thing this last weekend on them. So go read that on the website. Uh, That is thirddegree.net. Thank you, FC Dallas Curious fans. We'll speak to you next week on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Don't forget to do the Patreon thing. It's worth it. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third degree, the third degree nap I can. Third degree, the third degree nap I can.